Yes, good morning, everybody. Great to have your company here on the Big Sports Breakfast. Just running through a few of the texts from you guys. We've asked for your love affairs, your sporting love affairs moments. You just cannot forget. You can watch time and time again. They just warm your heart that little bit. Or just athletes that you happen to have a soft spot for. But I did love this one from Ben Cowboy from Hell. Uh, He said, I still break down in tears Every time I see Scotty winning the Masters, that truly was a great Australian moment for sure. Euro 2004 final, Greece beating Portugal 1-0. Ross from Kingsgrove, I believe they were $101 in that tournament. I have a few Greek mates who got a piece of the price and they certainly cheered that extra bit in that Euro 2004 final. But it was an emotional time, no doubt. Uh, We have... Belrose Panther sending through Scott Boland, knocking over England at the MCG. I will say, in terms of spells, that truly was one of the most amazing sights you've ever seen. Plenty of other texts coming through. Good morning, men. For me, watching Usain Bolt run, Ben. And I can say uh, I've been very lucky prior to my time at Sky Racing at at Fox to go to some big events. But going to the Olympics in Rio and seeing Usain Bolt third... A 100 metres title at Olympic level was just remarkable. It was. Did you cover of, it for Fox? Yeah. Really? Uh, Lou Ransom and I were over there, and um, the stadium was absolutely heaving that day. Uh, there was actually a 400 metre world record broken that day as well um, by the South African flag bearer. He absolutely crushed the world, the world record from the outside alley. So um, it was a, a big day in athletics, but Usain Bolt, truly one of the greats. Now that you're not working there anymore. Did you have time to actually have a few drinks or was it just all work, work, work at the Olympics? Uh, as in, I haven't been to an Olympic since I covered it. I'd no, 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 no. You've misunderstood the question. <laughs> Maybe I have. Yeah, I think you have. Uh, when you were at the Olympics, do you yes. get time to have a bit of a play around? I Party. Said, yeah, now right. that you're Outside not involved. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Rio. Well, we yeah. actually had accommodation there at uh, Copacabana on the corner of Ipanema and Copacabana. So we right. had a perfect location for it. Yep. But you, uh, we only sent two, two presenters slash reporters and two cameramen. So we were absolutely hammered work-wise. Mm, but right. it's the best work you'd ever do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Covering, yeah I get all that. Yep. It's awesome. Absolutely yep. awesome. And um, you get any time to wind down at the end of it? Yes. Or do they put you straight on a plane? We hosted the party for the Australian media contingent afterwards. Right. At our place. We had a rooftop there and, and it got a good... Yeah. And was Rio the place where a couple of athletes got uh, in trouble? They came home late or... So Ryan Lochte. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Um, well, this is yeah, or something. Are you egging me on here? No, no. I'm so just asking. You the may questions. not be aware of this, but mm. that was so. I, myself, and my cameraman, we broke the Ryan Lochte story. Yes, probably correct. the biggest story in the world right. at that Olympics. Um, and what was that to do with the game? Uh, he well, we never really got to the bottom of it. Bulldog Richie's he's been in studio the past five minutes. <laughs> I will get to you at some point, Bulldog. But well, he might know. So. What happened was they went on a night out. Brazil had this big sort of national pride thing. They were trying to limit the the discussion about crime and murders and that sort of thing. They completely gentrified the area. Homeless people were moved to other parts of Brazil, and they really did try to clean up their act. So when they got accused of there being an an armed robbery, essentially three U.S. swimmers were at a petrol station, went into the toilet, smashed up a mirror, and then a bloke plainclothed came in with a gun demanding cash. 
Well, as it turns out, that was the security guard demanding cash for the broken mirror. But all they thought was that it was an armed hold-up. A bloke walked in yelling yes. in Portuguese with a gun. So there was a lost-in-translation part to it. The Americans knew they were in the wrong because they fled the country. Yeah. But which Ryan Lochte, I believe, is the second-highest second medaler in a U.S. Olympic history behind Phelps, I believe. So it was a huge name Story, and a huge yeah. Story. I, I remember something that happening. I thought uh, you send out a harmless tweet. Well, it just exploded. Oh, no such thing. Exploded. <laughs> his, you know, as luck should have it, his mum just hopped into a cab with us. We didn't know who she was. No idea. We said, how's it going? She said, oh, terrible, actually. My son's just been held up at gunpoint. And we said, oh, geez, is he, is he okay? She said, yeah, he's back in the athlete's village now. Well, oh. as a reporter like a over at the Olympics, you would have been straight on it. You would have been worse than Bulldog Richie chasing Oh, I tell you what, I I was bad, but I don't yeah. know if I was at Bulldog's <laughs> level. He would have he would have had every detail five minutes later. Bulldog, great to have you on. How are you? Yeah, good morning, all. Yes, just curious with the lorries asking these questions about overseas trips, working and partying because of Vegas looming. Are you mm. trying to get a bit of background, a bit of knowledge as to what you, you can do and what you can't do. That's exactly right. Paul Fair enough. This will be my first trip sort of away. Sort Professionally. Of, yeah. As working. A, You'll be over there. The member of the media. You're going over? Yes. So we'll pal think... around? No. Why not? God, I don't know. It's just people... What, you're going to brush me in Vegas? I'm not going to brush you. But I'm not going to get caught in your web either. What do you... No, what, what do you mean? Well, where? I don't. I've got a lot of work to do. I can't be well, so there do I. I'll just be on drinking air. and socialising. It's not a party. Well, oh no, it's not a party. I'm going over there for work, but I'll also have some downtime. Right, we'll it can't be work, 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 twenty four seven. You right. do have a vortex, though. You you have people can be dragged into your vortex and and be Correct. in the eye no, of the storm. No, people want to blame me. I'm, I'm not a leader at all when it comes to those type of discussions. Because Mate, you're out I've in front, very good, holding the flag. Hey, Bulldog, uh, Clarky's already taken a swipe at you this morning. Uh, what a surprise. I, I mean, I, it's, it's Which far... Let me guess yeah. about a story that's in the it, paper. given. Far <laughs> be it's a no-brainer. Far be it for me to, uh, you know, add fuel to a fire. Oh, oh we're talking about the, the Vegas. Oh. Yeah, okay. Is this the union member of the media? This class? is... Yes. Right, okay. So Mahomes pay, paid up as well at this stage. Michael doesn't believe that Patrick Mahomes receiving an invite for the NRL games over there in... Las Vegas is uh, constitutes a story. He believes Patrick going would be the story. I, I'm saying no brainer to me. I, if I was the NRL, I, mate, I'd be inviting the King. I'd be inviting Taylor Swift. I'd be inviting Michael Jordan. I'd be inviting anyone they can. But all of a sudden, what I'm reading is Patrick Mahomes needs the NRL to build his profile. No, Clarky. <laughs> the story is Manly's co-owner Scott Penn, yes, who lives in New York yes. and is a big NFL fan. Yes, uh, he knows. Uh, who does he know? A bloke called Carl Peterson. Carl Peterson's a former president, general manager, and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. What year? Uh, he went from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand and ten. So when did Mahomes he, get to the club? He was there for twenty years. So anyway, when did Mahomes get to well, the club? Well, if you let me finish, I will. <laughs> he so, wasn't even there. No, he wasn't there then. But what he's saying is that he he knows someone who oh. is very high up and or was high up and held in high esteem. He's just saying it would be great to get someone like Patrick Mahomes to the footy, and who knows? And it would be. I agree with that. And who knows? And Laurie, as silly as it might sound, to a lot of people, mm-hmm. I still believe that the NFL could pick up a couple of things 
from rugby league along the way. NFL is a bigger sport. We know that. But you can never close your eyes and shut yourself off to yeah. improving yourself. Well, right. Lots no of and there's a lot of defensive deficiencies well, yeah. in the NFL that yeah. I look at and think, you know what? Rugby league could yeah. help in that area. I, I think tackling is one, for yeah. sure. And I know we talk about the passing and things mm. like that. But just the way they position themselves when they go in to make tackles. And I, and I know it's a different game. Mm. And it's all about yardage and, and stuff like that. But I, I definitely think there'd be... You could make improvements mm. to the way that yeah, they voice it up. they defend and, and, and go about making their tackles, um, but obviously you want big names to go there. Look, did we Brady, all know did it's Brady say he was going to go yeah. though? Because if Brady's going to be there after his experience with the with the Bronx, imagine if he shows up. Correct. There, there will be NFL players there, no doubt. They're, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if there's NFL scouts there. Just having a look, nothing more than having a peek. Not to say I'm going to sign no. four players. Just have a look at the athleticism, the yep. skills, the lines that they run, defence. For the sake of a ticket, it wouldn't hurt. No. Well, they, they've got scouts everywhere. Correct. They've yeah, got scouts great. everywhere. And, yeah, well, punting, for instance. Imagine, and again, I know they're not there, but the Bulldogs. Imagine if they got there and Matt Burton put a kick up, like one of those towering bombs. I reckon you'd have an NFL bloke there going, hmm, who's this bloke? Mm. Correct. Who's well, this that bloke? Mitch... Uh, Wisnowski, that was his second Super Bowl. Yeah. He's the Aussie for the 49ers. Mm. So a lot of uh, Aussie players are punters in America. No. So it wouldn't surprise me again. As I said, look, let's be fair to him here. Patrick Mahomes probably won't go to the game. But it wouldn't surprise me if, in fact, some players did go yeah. to have a bow peep. Yeah. Right. Um, what would you make of the Broncos? Oh, jeez, guys. We didn't think it was that I don't big think a it's deal. That bad. Do we no think punching, it's... bit of wrestling. The only thing I said yesterday about it was that Payne Haas and Albert Kelly got fined and suspended. So the precedent is there. I would hate for these guys to miss the trip to Vegas. Yes, I know it's not a good look, but I don't think they should be suspended for that. You can't suspend them for that, surely. I'm all for clear lines in the game. I'm all for discipline. I'm all for the image of the game and the brand being looked after. I get all that and I'm thoroughly behind it. But there was no punches thrown. No member of the public was involved. Mm. No one got hurt. It was two bullfeds who had a few too many beers. They've come forward. I thought the Broncos they handled it well. They well yesterday, yeah, they, I reckon. They handled yeah, it well, didn't I they? Agree, they got them yep. up there and they said, say you're sorry. Yep. They followed mm. all the right protocols. Yep. Kevy appeared as well. And I think Brisbane got it out in the open early, got it sorted early. It's now in the hands of integrity, but I'd be stunned. What do you think, a fine? I think a fine. Yeah. You know, I'd say, I'd say, guys, five grand each and give it to the Broncos charity. And I think you can go to Vegas. I think also, too... Not put it on the should... roulette wheel. <laughs> yeah, put on the roulette wheel, number one. Stick it on 23. <laughs> but you also think, too, it's not a big factor, but Broncos fans going to Vegas, they've probably paid 10 grand for the trip. You pull out their two key players... They might be a little bit dirty. Not that the integrity would look to those people when they're making their decision, but it's a very small factor in that you don't want to be pulling your best players out of a game when you're going to a foreign country trying to sell your game. Spot on. Uh, Yeah, I think everyone's sitting and hoping that they don't miss Vegas, they don't get suspended. Yeah. I'd rather, in this case, I'd rather pay a heftier fine to not miss the game. So if what did Payne Huss and Albert yeah, well, Kelly get fined? Ten thousand. So fine them, fine them twenty grand each. Yeah. 
Like, if that's what they need to do to say, hang on, you two are our leaders, we expect mm. better from you. Again, the the the, uh, the fan doesn't care about what it was over. It's just because no. it's video footage. No. If it wasn't on video, you know, it'd be a one-day story. But because it's on video, it's just, yeah. just going to hang around. So give them a – yeah, if, if you said to the two individual players, pay 20 grand and you get to go to Vegas, they'd hand that 20 they'd to charity any day of the week. Yeah. So – yeah, it's just the perception, as always. Like, it's just the perception. Yeah. It must have been brewing, though, for the bloke or woman or whoever it was to start videoing. Mm. So I'm assuming there was something sort of brewing for someone to go, oh, okay, I'll hit video record here. Mate. Uh, I, and, Clarky, you know better yeah, than anybody. Yeah, you're talking to like. the wrong person. No, I know, but I'm just saying. These days, it's just. It's, 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 the first, it's, it's the first thing some people do. There, and, and not everyone's like that. Like, but some people, it's the first thing they do. It's like they walk around with their phone in their hand waiting to take a photo or waiting to video something. Like, it, to me, my normal reaction if I saw something like that would be, oh, is everyone okay? Do I need, like, can I help? Do I bust up the fight? Do I check they're okay? Do I ring an ambulance? Do I, you know, it's like the Barnaby Joyce thing the other day. I just think it's... Well, if you saw a like, bloke on the ground, mate, legless, I know. whether he's a politician or not, you would go to help. Yeah, yeah that's, help. That's, what, that's what you would like to think yeah. a lot of people's first reaction is, but there's other people out there that it's not. It's, I've got to film this. I've got to take a photo of this. So, yeah, that's, that's their biggest thing, that it's on video. But I agree. I, I hope for the Broncos' sake and the NRL that... Give them a fine. I thought they handled yesterday really well, yeah. I've got to say. No, I think that, that'll be the likely outcome. I'm assuming it'll be a fine and we move on as quickly I'd as possible. I'd say it'd be the next can. 24 hours. Yeah, I think Laurie, you want to deal I think with they it need pretty quickly, to be done you? thoroughly. Yeah. There's always that perception that you can't do it too quick, yeah, otherwise yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. like you've taken shortcuts. The NRL will do it thoroughly, but yeah. I would imagine by the end of the week they will have come to some mm. sort of decision because they need to know if they're pulling them out, oh. who goes in be a and how they... story if they're pulled them out. And how they rearrange their side. Yeah. There's been a lot of discussion about the Bears coming back into the comp after Buzz's article with PVL last week. Uh, you did an article about the country Bears. I'm actually interested in it to see how it would work because I think anything we can do for the bush football would be great. But how, how yeah, realistic? Is it realistic? Yeah. yeah. Brian Fletcher, the Panther CEO, actually rang me over this story. And Brian's a, a, a forward thinker, obviously the CEO of a team that's just... What are you doing over there? It's just won three straight <laughs> premierships. So, and he was quite happy to go on the record, which I thought was meritorious of Brian to uh, promote what is another club to some degree. Mm. But he said, look, I think the country bears would work. Clearly, he hadn't gone into every fine detail as to how it would work. But to perhaps base them at North Sydney or base them in central New South Wales and then fan out for games, games in Wagga, uh, Dubbo, Mudgee, Coffs Harbour, Bathurst, the main regional towns. And his argument was that you would get every Bears, uh, every country kid would become a Bears fan and it would also allow uh, Rugby League to be rescued, for want of a better term, in the bush and also allow kids who live in the bush and want to play in a role, they could stay at home essentially will stay in the country and not have to come to Sydney because a third of mm. all NRL players are bush players. I think it's awesome in theory. Like, there wouldn't be too many people that wouldn't love the sound of it, but is it realistic, though? There's a lot of areas, Clarky, where you'd have to... Like, like would there many, be a home base? Yeah, and how many people, are, like, can you fit in, this, like, in, in the game? You'd get 10,000, 12,000. Yeah. Which, the talk for the last 
10 years has been about let's build bigger stadiums, improve every stadium, Correct. to fit more people in. So Correct. There's a lot of fine details that would have to be worked mm. out. I like the theory. Yeah, for sure. But mm. logistically, there's obviously a lot of challenges there. But Brian just threw it forward, I think, as a, as a talking point. And uh, it's certainly on my social media platforms it created a lot of support yesterday what, what about from a player's perspective and Loz you probably know better like because you played at Canberra the, the travel so I, I think about that as well as a player like if you you know I talk about cricket going to Perth was always mm. like you had to fly earlier than every other state there was a significant time difference so you know it took your body time to recover off that three-hour flight surely traveling as a as a NRL player there's still a big difference as well. If you've got to travel, if your games are in different parts of the country, and again, I love the idea, but you've got a two-hour drive instead of a 25-minute drive before a game. Oh, it's significant. It, it, most definitely. And I think... Um, Does a player think about that in regards to going to a club or signing with a club? Oh, I think the distance would be more about family. Going yeah, away okay. from family, more so than the actual playing. Okay. Um, and you look at, you know, the Warriors, they have to travel yep. every second week, yep. so to speak. Cowboys. Cowboys are another another term. Uh, travelling from Perth would be another challenge in itself because it's, what's that, about a five-and-a-half-hour yeah. flight? One ways three-and-a-half, one ways close to yeah, five. So, yeah, so, but I think football-wise, no, you're just thinking about where you best possibly get an opportunity, get an play. opportunity yeah, and, okay. and play. Um, but... When you're considering travel, it'd be more family being away from them, I would assume. Okay. The Bears being an old foundation club, I think Country Bears kind of fits their club better than, say, the PNG or Pacific Bears. Mm. Would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think it's got PNG, that old country yeah. Yeah. knockabout bush feel to I, it. I, I, don't think it w- I don't think that would work. For I don't either think parties. Bears the fans Bears. would no. support PNG Bears. No, I don't think so either. I think they'd support a country team or a Perth, Perth team. Yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. would. Yeah. Well, Mido said, Mido said if they were in, based in Perth, he, he would still, yeah. he would, and he's a, obviously a very loyal and passionate Bears fan. He was okay with mm. that, wasn't he? Yeah, no, I, I think those two would, would work. But I think it's very significant that the Bears have said they won't be a standalone. So they know that. They're not trying to go out in their own. The more publicity they generate, Loz, and the more support they get, you might find that the franchise bids will come to the Bears now saying, we want you to join us as well. Mm. We need the Bears logo as a powerful brand to help push our calls for entry into the NRL. So the more the Bears garner support and the more people that get behind them will work to their benefit because... Franchises might now come to them saying, mm. we want the Bears as our logo. Bulldog, our, being Valentine's Day and happy Valentine's Thank Day. Thank you. Oh, we were talking about... Doing anything today? Uh, no, working. <laughs> working. <laughs> Work comes first, Laurie. Right, yeah. We were, um, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, things that kind of warmed your heart, sporting moments that you, you could watch on repeat. Time and time oh, again, and you repeat. never get sick of them. Or, or athletes, for that matter, who, you know, you've always had a soft spot for. Is there any moment or athlete that springs to mind? I have seen a couple more come through, by the way. I mentioned Warney's 700th wicket at the MCG, a few suggesting Kathy Freeman's win at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. 
someone even threw in The Rock winning a record-breaking seventh and final WWE <laughs> championship. I mean, it, the it's rock. scripted, but <laughs> um, each to their own. That one came in from Roger, who considers himself a rock himself. So, uh, any of the a moment that I could watch time and again. I do always love watching Stephen Bradbury win gold. I thought Bradbury. that was one of the yeah, funniest. Right. It was so Australian. This bloke <laughs> was running last, and he just looks around, throws his arms out, and goes, hey, I just won gold. Mm. And they all just tumbled in front you of him. What? I think I'm, it's the funniest uh, gold yeah. medal I think I've ever seen in my life. And I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you guys might know this, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the same thing happened to him in the semifinal. Oh, did it? it did. Is that right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember reading, I forgot about that. It was a tactic. It was a tactic through necessity. He couldn't keep up with them. But his tactic was to not try to keep up and be caught up if there was a collision. He was going to be far <laughs> enough clear that he could just... What's he go to Olympics <laughs> with that tactic? <laughs> He's a genius, the coach. Imagine sitting there for 10 years thinking about how I'm going to win this kid a gold medal. <laughs> right. imagine, when he, yeah. imagine when he sits down with you and tells you the plan. <laughs> right. Listen in, son. You can't give up. You trade your backside off your whole life. Yeah, this is what to, we're going to do. To be told, the game plan is run last. <laughs> if you just hang last, I promise you win a <laughs> Mate, I'm not getting up at four o'clock in the oh. morning to go to training. Imagine to your poor last. old mum and dad who spent all the money getting you to training, paying this bloke, and he comes up with that. Hey, uh, Gav, no Jack Gibson. Gav sent one through media puzzle and, of course, the situation with Ollie. And I reckon the the win of Ollie in his finale over in Perth the other week was right up there as well. But a few other suggestions on an Olympic front. I think it's best that we say goodbye, Bulldog. There is something I need to discuss with these guys on the other side of a break. There have been some texts coming through which have led me to believe that Jared Middleton has thrown me under a bus last week. <laughs> Wouldn't be the and first time. There is something we need, to, we need to discuss. We need to get Bradbury's coach on. <laughs> Can we get him on? <laughs> Let's get to the news first. Here's Bulldog. Great to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Way on this morning. Burnsy reckons the $1.90 for the Eels to finish top eight is a real steal. Plenty of other suggestions in terms of those... Valentine's moments, those Valentine's Day moments. And to anyone who's forgotten, uh, make sure to send a text through if you left the house without saying anything to your loved one. But uh, plenty of suggestions coming through for moments that really did warm your heart, moments you could watch time and time again, and even athletes that just you have a soft spot for and you're never going to let that go. I did see Kieran Perkins suggested winning gold at the Atlanta Olympics, that one from Brad at Kellyville, and a few other suggestions coming through, Loz. Yeah, Steve War Century against England at the SCG. <clears throat> That's from Frank the Wagga Chef. Uh, the 99 Cricket World Cup semi-final, South African stuff-up, cowboy from hell. Uh, watching Winks last race, knowing we will never see a horse like that again, and the Mighty Panthers coming back in 2023. Uh, cheers, Josh, from Dalmini. But there's a been a few for the Panthers um, mm. and Nathan Cleary and the Penrith Panthers watching uh, their last 20 minutes of that grand final just over repeat uh, on repeat sorry uh, because they were they were fantastic and Nathan was out of this world and won them the grand final. Cozzy from Goulburn has certainly echoed those sentiments in regards to Winks and her 33 wins. Should tackle winning the TJ Smith I was on fell swoop and still love the replay. Uh, 
I wasn't on Fell Swoop, but I wasn't on Chautauqua either. And I must say, I do watch that time and time again. The 2006-2007 Amazing Adelaide Test, spot on, old mate. Uh, I was lucky enough to be at that test match. And boy, oh boy. Me too. It was, yeah. It was so good to watch. Well, yeah. t- tell us a little bit about so it, Clarky, being out there. Well, the part that sticks in my mind was I had a conversation with Warney. I had dinner with him in his room before uh, night four, so before day five of the test match. And I was, at that stage, I was a youngster as well. Um, <clears throat> and I was of the opinion that the test match was over. It was mm. going to be a draw. Tomorrow's going to be another one of those... Stand in the sun, 35 degrees in Adelaide and watch the grass grow days. Um, and Warney was in one of his moods where, you know, he just, from the moment we spoke about it, <clears throat> it was like he was bored with the first four days. So day five, he was going to make something happen. He was certain we'd win the test. To the extent where, as I did a number of times, I was laughing at him going, King, come on, mate. Mm. And when he gets in, when he got into one of those moods, you could just... His whole attitude was infectious. So even getting to the ground the next morning, um, or him behaving that night, going to bed at a decent hour as well. If he thought the game was over, he would have showed that in his behaviour that that night. Um, And he made it very clear in the change room that we would bowl England out and we'd chase whatever we need to chase. So and then the way he bowled. Am I right in thinking that England declared in the first dig? Peterson and Collingwood, I think. Oh, we got five hundred and thirty each. Yeah, in the first innings. They put on three or three hundred. Yeah, Collingwood got a double hundred. That's right. Um, but yeah, when Warnie bowled Peterson belter. around his legs, yeah. you knew it was game on. I think well, it was we Huss hitting bef- the winning runs. We knew, yeah, I was batting with Huss at the time. Right. Um, Filthy. He took that. No, couldn't care less. I think <laughs> I'd nicked them through slip to get the twenty or something. But um, yeah, it was. It was just he just thought because of or Warnie thought because of the way England were going to play, the fact they were just going to sit there and block the day out that brought us into the game because if we could get a couple of wickets, the, the scoreboard was going nowhere. So we're never going to have to chase a big total. There, there was, there was never going to be too many runs for us to chase was his mindset. And he was spot on. I think we needed, oh, I can't remember one fifty, one forty, something like that to chase. Um, yeah, it was, it was pheno- phenomenal test match because really the first three and a half days was just an absolute road batting paradise. Uh, Kingston Town's got a mention. Tim Cahill's goal in the World Cup has got another mention as well. Uh, just before we get to Lauren Nicholson, though, and uh, we need, do need to get to the Sydney Flame star very shortly, I just wanted to ask you guys, clearly I've been outed at some point last week. Has Mido gone happened? on radio and discussed my... Personal life? Personal life. At, at Fox, going out... Yes. <clears throat> there was one morning you were out at 3 o'clock. Out at 3 a.m. And you were due on air at 6 a.m. Allegedly. Allegedly. Otherwise, you'll be in court with Jared. Yeah. And um, <laughs> apparently, you were, you made it through to the studio and you were on air. I don't. I didn't think Mido gave Benny's... But he Benny didn't give anyone up. No, he didn't, up. Say, no, he didn't say your name. Well, hang on. No. There's six texts saying my name. Maybe so no, But I actually, yeah. if I remember correctly... He didn't I, say names. I think... Mido made it very clear that he w- that we w- we might be seeing this person in a few days, but he didn't. In the court of law, I don't think he can be found guilty. Right. 
but everyone knew it was me. But I think <laughs> they so, do now. So just for clarity, by the way. Well, I thought it was Christian Jen. <laughs> we used to work at... Um, well, when are we seeing Jen? I don't know. <laughs> When's he around? I'll never forget. Next. There was a fellow who used to work at SBS, and he he, he, was, he had Christian on as a guest one day, I think. Or maybe he was a guest on Christian's show. But um, he reliably informed Christian that he'd been saying his own name wrong the whole time. That his name was, in fact, Janssen. Not Christian Jansen, but Janssen. Really? And Christian had to inform him that he would decide how his name was said <laughs> and that maybe it wasn't his place to correct him. But to all of those who have texted in, and there have been four or five in all honesty off the back of that story, the truth is we used to start work at 4am. I was in a phase of my life where maybe I burnt the candle at both ends. I think we've all been there. Oh, and some of our, first still, read, some still are. our first read wouldn't be until 6am. So yeah. typically, if you could get out of there by, by 2-ish, you could get to work by, say, 3, and you'd collected yourself by 6. Yeah. The, the last read at 2pm was rough. Tough. Rough. Yeah, I don't know how you're doing that. But we'd get through. And now at 41 years of age, I couldn't think of anything worse. Lauren Nicholson. I not think of anything better. It's time to talk <laughs> actual sport. Sydney Flames star and off the back of a FIBA break, four wins in a row. I guess the question is, how do you keep that momentum going? Oh, hi, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a great four wins and uh, really looking forward to Sunday. Um, we've just had a three-and-a-half-week break. So I guess just training hard and hopefully keep the, keep the momentum leading into Sunday. Yeah, you talk about training hard. What did the training uh, look like while everyone was on the break? Uh, well, we did have the first three or four days off, um, which I think we all needed. Um, and then uh, our coach guy, he was away um, over the fever break coaching New Zealand. So we had our assistant coach, Renee, who stepped in, did a great job um, and just pretty much waits most days and then um, two hours of team training. And it, it's been a little bit of a grind training for three weeks at the back end of the season like this isn't ideal because um, obviously we always look forward to the games. But, um, no, it's been it's been good and we're, yeah, really looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, and Benny mentioned there earlier about the momentum that you started to build before that break. What have you been happy with? With your game, and not only as an individual, but as a, as a team that gives you the confidence sort of moving forward and into the finals? Uh, look, I think it's taken a, everyone a little while to find their feet. And um, I think in recent times, our, our imports have really stepped up. Um, D.D. Richards and Paige Bradley, they have been really good for us um, in the back end of the season. So I think, uh, you know, just continuing to put it all together... Um, is important and we obviously have Tess Madden and Kayla George coming off the back of a pretty great Opus campaign so if they can bring that moment, momentum into the group two that would be great. Uh, Lauren, I just want to get uh, your take on the influence of uh, Lauren Jackson and, and how uh, important she has been to, to the sport in this country and obviously going to be you know tough on the weekend uh, saying goodbye to her as well. Yeah, I mean she's been probably our best women's basketball player ever and um, you know for her to come back into the sport at such a late age and still be as dominant as she is is just a testament to who she is as a player but also as a person and I mean she just helped the the Opals qualify for the Olympics in Brazil so um, she's done a great job there too so I think there's a lot of us who as 
when we were kids, we um, looked up to her, watched her play a lot, and it's a little bit surreal now getting to play against her. But I think it's really special on Sunday that we do get to, you know, um, almost send her out the right way and um, get to celebrate her as an organisation and really as a whole basketball community. Well, I guess the one bit of good news is that it's only three or four months until her next comeback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's hope so. I hope there's comebacks going on for for ages with her. She's, um, she's so good. I swear she's come back better too, which is just craziness. Yeah. Uh, you take on Southside this weekend. Did And, and you beat them uh, last game before the break and you had a 21-point victory over them. Did she play in that game? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. did. Um, so what did yeah, you do well against her to sort of limit the impact that she had? Um, I thought Dee Dee out in Port did a really good job on her last game. Um, yeah, you know, we have to double her sometimes, keep her guessing a little bit. Um, she's a really big presence inside, so um, anything we can do to hinder her is what we have to do. We certainly will be keeping a a particularly close eye on all things from your side, but then we're also looking ahead to those uh, Olympics, and it's not too far away. I mean, we're in the the middle to latter part of the year and all eyes are on Paris. Talk to us about your sort of selection ambitions and your motivations ahead of Paris. Uh, Yeah, look, there will be another um, squad picked after the WNBL season. um, I'm hoping to get back in that and um, push towards Paris. Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of talent floating around Australia at the moment, and um, it'll be uh, it'll be tough for anyone to make it. So, um, yeah, always have the opals on my radar. Can I ask Lauren how how much sort of communication do you have with the staff when it comes to being involved? Uh, with with the Opals, do they they keep you updated with where you're at, what you need to do to improve, or is it just you go out and play for the Flames and then you may get a phone call? Yeah, pretty much. You just go out and play, and then if they they call you, they call you, and if they don't, they don't. Pretty so brutal. It's game. a pretty brutal game. Yeah, you, yeah. you'd <laughs> like to think they'd have some, you know the pathways there and the communication with all the girls that were sort of mm. in line. Um, for selection, that they keep them informed of yeah, where they're at, close yeah. or what you've you been need dropped, to, yeah. or what you need to do to make that next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, so you don't yeah. get a call to say you haven't made the squad at all. Um, no, no cricket's the same though. I don't think I, you get a call when you're dropped. I think you get a call to be selected. I think they announce a squad and if your name's not in it, your name's yeah. not in it. But yeah, I, I Usually they have a group of people who they've got their eye on and you have communi- yeah, regular course. communication yeah. with the high performance team and coaches and You'd think they keep be an you updated to yeah. soften the blow or, or yeah. sort of give constructive feedback or that's yeah. just not professional sport. Well, I don't know. I think, well, Lauren, you tell me, do you, do, do you know where you're at? Like, do you feel, like, do you have times where you're playing really well and you say, you know what, I'm, I can feel I'm getting closer or when you're not playing well, you go, no, I'm no chance of getting picked. I think generally, the athlete in my sport. If I go duck, 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 yeah. oh no, I'm probably not going to get selected <laughs> for that tour. If I go 100, 100, 100, I'm a chance. Yeah, yeah I think I think you generally know where you sort of stand and if you're uh, in with a shot to make the squad. I will say after tournaments and things like that and previous tournaments I've been a part of, you do get um, feedback on things yeah. to improve on or what you did well and stuff like that. But I think in terms of making the squad, it's kind of just... Um, 
if your if your name's there, you've been selected, and if not, well, keep working keep hard. Working hard exactly. Thing. Okay, yeah, so well just said. to round out, of course, the Olympics are. Uh, a way off, it'll be upon us soon enough, but uh, we've got a, a bit to play out before then. Uh, what do you make of the race for this year's title? Um, oh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think at the moment we can finish anywhere from second to fifth, so hoping to get as high on the ladder as we can um, going into the finals. And um, I think it's honestly, I, right now, I'm, I'm not sure you can um, pick a clear front runner. Um, I think that everyone's had times in the season where they've been better. I think that um, we look pretty good because we've had our, our run late in the season. So hoping we can just continue that momentum uh, this weekend and then, uh, yeah, moving into the finals. We'll be cheering you on, Lauren, no doubt about that. Best of luck with the rest of the season and, of course, that Olympic selection as well. Good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. This is the Big Sports Breakfast. Michael Clark, Laurie Daly and Ben Way will bring Brad Davidson on very shortly, but just going through a few of the texts, and we are asking on Valentine's Day for those love affairs you have in sport, those moments that you just keep cherished next to your heart forever. Winks is getting a decent mention, so too a few of those Panthers premierships, including the 2023 grand final, that one from Josh. Steve Waugh's century in a session always raises the hairs, that one from... Frank, the Wagga chef, absolutely love Wagga. I'm looking forward to making the trip back out for the Gold Cup in a few months' time. I think it's the 3rd of May on the Friday there. So anyone who's in the area, make sure to head along. It's a brilliant time. And being a Junie boy, I'd... have you been to a Wagga Gold Cup before? Uh, been to plenty of them. Lovely. Benny, yep. It's uh, a great Really day. have a great uh, day. They've got the town plate on the Thursday and then they have the Gold Cup on the Friday. But it's always good to go back there. Always run into plenty of people I know from that area. Dan, my moment that I could keep watching is the 2010 Grand Final when Dean Young goes over to score, kisses the badge and Rab's commentary, the son of the captain of 1979. I did appreciate this text, actually. Moa Dan from Gordonvale there in Queensland. Morning, boys. Ben Way, that bloke who won the 400 metres from lane eight at Rio was South Africa's Wade Van Niekerk. It certainly was. As I mentioned, he was the flag bearer at the time. It was a world record time of 43.03. In his opinion, the greatest athletic performance in Olympic history. How's this for a split in a 400-metre run? His 1-200-metre to 200 metre split was 9.9 seconds. He was a mile in front of him. And you were just waiting for him to come back to the pack, and yeah. he just never did. Unbelievable, and he couldn't see the rest of the field. Here, here, Moa Dan, absolutely love it, and thank you for that trip down memory lane. Lots of people suggesting Chautauqua's third TJ at Ramwick. That was one hell of a win. Nature Strip winning at Royal Ascot was a highlight for many, including Johnny. And without a doubt, Darren Albert's 1997 grand final try gets yet another mention as well. Brad Davidson is a... A sporting fan of many, many varieties, racing first and foremost, though. I'm sure you've got plenty of sporting moments that are close to your heart, Davo. Yeah, morning, guys. Uh, yeah, there's a lot up there to go through, just listening to some there from the, the listeners. Um, yeah, Winx's last uh, winning the QE would be right up there for me, being on track for that and, and just seeing the, the people lined up outside the, the gates to sort of peer in and and uh, but not only that, seeing so many people at, at Ramwick and so many probably once a year race goers and and being able to enjoy that moment and and you know really get that buzz and enjoyment out of our sport was probably the the top for me. But uh, yeah, I mean any any West Coast Eagles Grand Final win would be right up there too for sure. Mate, unfortunately we had a 
A bit of bad news coming out of South Australia in the past couple of days regarding Chelsea Reynolds. What's her status? Yeah, it's um, it's concerning, guys, and um, you know something that uh, you never like to to report and on these sort of news updates. But um, yeah, she's had a, a bad fall at a, at a private property there in in New South Wales at Trackwork, and um, was flown to hospital and remains in a, a critical condition at this stage. So look at our thoughts go out to. Chelsea and her family and um, you know we can only hope Ben that in the coming days that we can report some better news there so um, remains um, concerning at this stage and um, yeah we just hope that that things uh, take a turn for the better in the in the next sort of you know 24 to 48 hours so uh, you know our thoughts remain with Chelsea and her family and um, fingers crossed um, yeah we've, we've got some we've got some better news coming up soon. Big day at Randwick this weekend Davo some of the the real bright stars of racing and making comebacks this week? Yeah, exactly, Loz. Big week. Um, we've got plenty of uh, feature racing, the Expressway, the, the Light Fingers, the Apollo, a stack of stack of group races. It starts to really heat up. We'll get to see Fangel back at the races. Of course, we've got Imperatrice down there in Melbourne. So plenty to look forward to. A lot of stars res- resuming this weekend. And, yeah, good to have those, I think, three or four group races or stakes races back at, at Randwick as we really start to heat up to autumn now. And Tyler Schiller's back? He's back today, yeah. He's had uh, a couple of weeks off, a bit of a suspension and a, a minor injury there. So good to see Tyler back in the in the saddle. He's, you know, he's taken all before him, hasn't he? The last few years, he's been terrific and one of the best apprentices in Sydney. Um, so, yeah, good to see him back there on the Kinsey track today. And I'm sure... He'll be uh, well sought after into the in the coming months in the in the autumn carnival in Sydney. You got anything for our listeners today? Yeah, look, I, I like uh, a couple. Um, I'm keen on uh, Pondalawi at uh, at Ballarat. I know they keep backing this Deburgerak in the same race, who's trialled well, but I think this other horse has got lengths on it. To be honest, I uh, I think she's a really good uh, filly. Dave Win was awesome. Her trial was just as good. I think she'll lead and I think she'll win. I think $2.10 is a, is a great price. And I think at Doombin Bucks Fizz, I think he'd get the job done. Just had to go back from a, a wide draw on debut. Hit the line really well after making a searching 600-metre run. Can be much, much closer today. I think they can land outside the, the main danger and sit sit outside the lead. That's what I'd be doing if I'm them. Just put her in the race today and I think she'll be too good. So, um, yeah, a nice aggressive ride, hopefully. And I think Bucks Fizz will get the job done at Doombin as well. Race two, number six there. So race five, number six at Ballarat and race two, number six, Bucks Fizz at Doombin. Where are we going to see or hear you next, Bradley? Uh, we'll be on Sky One this afternoon with Mato and Gatto. So looking forward to that. And of course, uh, the the big stage on Saturday afternoons as well on Sky One. So looking forward to both of those shifts and uh, yeah, really starting to heat up towards the autumn now, guys. Absolutely love it. We'll chat again soon, Brad. Cheers. Thanks, guys.